Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, it's time for the GNFCC 400 Insider. Connect, build, and grow with the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce. Hello and welcome to the GNFCC 400 Insider, the monthly radio show and podcast presented by the Greater North Fulton Chamber. I'm Callie Boatwright, President and CEO of the North Fulton Chamber. Today, we are excited to hear from Mike Looney, Superintendent of Fulton County Schools. Fulton County Schools is the fourth largest school system in Georgia, with nearly 11,000 full and part-time employees, and nearly 7,000 teachers and other certified personnel spread throughout the county. These incredible individuals support nearly 90,000 students this year who are attending classes in, wait for it, 59 elementary schools, 19 middle schools, 19 high schools, 10 startup charter organization, and one full-time virtual school. Wow, that is a lot of people to be responsible for, and I thought being a chamber president was a lot of work. I want to welcome uh, to our show today, Mike Looney, the superintendent. Mike, thank you for all you do. Oh, thank you. It's always good to be uh, in your presence, and it's always good to talk about public schools, in particular Fulton County Schools. Well, we're proud to partner with the Fulton County School System. Certainly, uh, you, as you know, serve on the board of directors of the Greater North Fulton Chamber. Delighted to have you and and the partnership that that we've uh, engaged in in the time that you've been here. And uh, gosh, what a ride it's been, right? Between COVID and all the other things that have occurred since you got here. Um, why don't we start with that? Maybe tell me a little bit about yourself, a little about your background, and maybe what led to you being here and your great leadership of the Fulton County School System today. Oh, you're so kind. Um, well, first and foremost, I'll say it has been fast and furious, but I wouldn't want to have it any other way. It's good to be busy. It's good to be thinking about how to improve uh, academic outcomes for students here in Fulton County. This is uh, in my, I'm finishing my 18th year as a school superintendent. Um, I've been here for a little bit over three years now. Did 10 in Tennessee and five in, in uh, the state of Alabama as a school superintendent. I, I kind of got into the education field in a little bit of a backwards way, I guess. Um, I was in the Marine Corps when I got out of high school. Um, and then I uh, got injured in the Marine Corps and went into private industry. And uh, lo and behold, I had an opportunity to pursue my MBA and my business was sold. And so I decided to become a substitute teacher and started substitute teaching and fell in love with the work and uh, trying to make a difference in students' lives. And next thing you know, I became a classroom teacher and worked my way through the ranks and, and now as a superintendent. Well, it sounds like you have uh, had a uh, certainly a variety of different occasions in your background to work with individuals and groups of folks. I want to say thank you, obviously, for your service as a Marine, and thank you for your service as superintendent as well. It, it certainly uh, isn't lost on me that you're in, in the service industry no matter what you do. Absolutely. We're, we're in the people business first and foremost, yeah. and I think that's one of the things that I like most about this industry is you really are serving others. You're serving your employees, you're serving families, you're serving the, the broader community, and most importantly, you're serving the students. I think that's uh, certainly what strikes me most about you from the the time that I got here and met you in the first six months that I was on the job and, and you were interviewing is the fact that you were always about the students and about the, the faculty and the staff that you have and putting yourself um, further down that list. I remember uh, fondly the fact that you gave everyone your home or your personal cell phone number and said, if you need me, this is the way to reach me. And I thought, you know, you have to be serious when you give people your, your personal uh, cell phone number. So I've always, it's always stood out to me. 
Well, you know, surprisingly, you would think that a lot of people would take advantage of it, but the truth is they don't. Um, you know, my, I tell people all the time, my, my, my voicemail is um, usually full. I only right. host 25 calls. Right. I do better with texts. But, but people are really um, you know, surprisingly um, judicious with mm-hmm. the use of my telephone number, and, and I appreciate that. I have students call me, parents, obviously employees and, and others. But um, once again, if you're going to serve the people, you have to be ready and, and willing and put yourself out there. Well, well done, sir. All right, let's let's skip to um, our first topic for today. I feel like we're playing Jeopardy. Um, school safety, uh, clearly no la- laughing matter as a parent myself. This is something that all parents are concerned about. Um, and really everybody, everybody who, uh, who is in the region, certainly following the events of Uvalde, Texas, Fulton County Schools has implemented a new safety and security plan. Um, can you maybe share some of those strategies and plans to keep students and teachers safe? Sure. Well, we've, you know, thankfully been supported by a school board that's been really focused on this important work in making sure that our students, staff, and visitors all feel safe when they uh, come on school grounds. And they have um, authorized me to spend an additional $6 million in the current year on school safety. We've used some of that money to do um, some innovative things and some, 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 honestly, some of the things that we've done are just good common sense things that we've already been doing. We just increased it. And so we have our own post-certified police department here in Fulton County Schools. It's about 90 officers strong, and our board has supported um, one, ad- hiring additional ones, and giving them the equipment, uh, you know, vehicles, radios, weapons, uh, and uh, the bulletproof vests um, that they need to have to, to do the work. We also have uh, increased the number of campus security associates that we have. Those are not post-certified police officers, but they work in concert and tandem with our local law enforcement agencies. We are in the process now of formalizing our agreements with every municipality uh, with the, through an MOU, a memorandum of understanding, just clarifying you know who does what in the case of emergency, who has jurisdiction, who do we look to for guidance and that sort of thing. Because what I know is you know in the fog of of crisis, um, the first thing that often goes is communication confusion. Um, and then we have started installing flock camera systems. Mm-hmm at all of our campuses and a flock camera. What it does is it reads the license plate um, of a vehicle as it comes on campus. And we're able to uh, read that license plate. The computer reads the license plate. And if it happens to be a license plate that's registered to somebody that should not be on school grounds, whether it's a, a, a pedophile or a convicted sex offender, or even a student that has been banned from a, of a school facility here in Fulton County because they brought a weapon to school, or perhaps there is a, a family that has a custody dispute and there's a, a restraining order against one of the parents and they're not allowed on campus. And so we've, we're installing those in all of our schools. Um, we have also installed audio alarms on all exterior doors uh, that are not used for primary uh, entrance or egress. Um, and we are then um, also making sure that our schools have some local dollars to spend on safety and security measures that they think are important, that they see adding value to, whether that's clearing away shrubs around windows and doors, um, you know, whether that's adding safety film at the front glass so you can't see in the front office, all those kinds of things that make good common sense. 
And while I'm sad that we even have to have that conversation around schools, I think it's incredibly important that you've really put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, or, or the school board has, and, and invested in making sure that, that our, our students and our, our faculty and staff are kept safe. I think that's incredible. Um, just I want to take a step back on that collaboration that I've seen from you, obviously, in your leadership role and the fact that you're working with the cities. Um, you know, I don't know that this is something that that you see everywhere. And I'm just very impressed by the fact that instead of, you know, trying to define and draw lines to this is me and this is you, instead, you're you're talking about ways that you can communicate and work together prior to any emergency um, and reaching out to those municipalities. And I just find that to be incredibly um, intelligent, <laughs> smart. Thank you. We have, we have a, a good relationship with all of our law enforcement, law enforcement agencies in each municipality. But once again, we have to practice and we have to be willing to communicate um, and in some ways, it'll be a little bit vulnerable with one another uh, to say, this is what I need from you and this is what you can give me, et cetera. And so that happens by building a relationship and, and frequent communication. And I appreciate our mayors and all of our local jurisdictions with stepping up to the plate and saying, how can we how can we join forces and do this to work together? I appreciate that so much. Uh, the topic that is on the top of everyone's mind right now, um, whether they have kids in the system or not, I think it's just the the water uh, cooler topic of the uh, of the day. Um, of course, the population in North Fulton has changed a lot over the last 10 years, and the school system has recently been hard at work collecting community input in through through a variety of means, again, going back to your, your communication mantra um, about redistricting. Uh, my understanding is that we're really in the final vote stages, and so I, I wonder if you would mind sharing a bit about the process and what we will see as a change in North Fulton. Sure. I'll start with the, the change that I expect uh, the board to approve, and that is um, a small redistricting around Creekview Elementary School primarily because it's about 200-plus students overcrowded. There's a few small uh, changes elsewhere, but but the numbers are very, very small. And that's really a product of um, changing populations in various places in our district. There's some pretty significant um, redistricting changes taking place in South Fulton, but in North Fulton, it's really limited to the elementary school. The board has a policy that directs staff on this is how you go about the prospect of redistricting family. And, and I will tell you, as, as a school superintendent, there are two things you really don't want to do. One is close a school. Right. And two is redistrict families out of their favorite school. And so those are always very challenging and emotional topics. But I think on the whole, we've done a really good job. Staff has leaned, leaned, leaned in and communicated with families, had several public meetings and with each iteration um, of maps that comes out, the staff takes that, that feedback and goes back to the drawing board and looks to see if tweaks can be made. And that process has run its course. And I think the board will vote uh, that first meeting in December and finalize the redistricting lines. I know how difficult it is to, to do this. I'm certain on both sides, it, got to give the board heartburn as well to to be in this process and certainly you as superintendent. Um, but, uh, you know, as a parent, you don't want uh, uh, elementary school in particular overcrowded by 200 students. It's not effective and it's not efficient. And and I, at least in my experience, you have great teachers all over North Fulton. Well, the one, the one positive, I guess, if, if I can say there's a positive is every school that you could go to in Fulton County is a good quality school. And so if you have to move from one elementary school to another one half a mile down the road, you're still going to get a high quality education with fantastic teachers and an engaged community. 
And that's what makes um, Fulton County so special. Amen. I agree. I agree. So who's providing this amazing education? Of course, it's our teachers. And um, according to Fortune Magazine in June, uh, unfortunately, more than half of our teachers, not our teachers, but teachers nationally, have reported to be suffering from burnout. Um, are you finding accelerated attrition with Fulton County Schools teachers and, and school staff as well? And and how are you dealing with that? How are you trying to retain or, or bring in new teachers? Yeah, so nationally, the, the statistics are very alarming. Um, Fulton County is, is not obviously not in a vacuum. We've seen an increase in the number of people leaving education. Um, some of that is due to retirement. You know, the, the workforce is aging. The silver tsunami. Is exactly. Um, some of it is, you know, I, I think it's a little bit of PTSD from the COVID experience. We expected our teachers to to be everything to everybody uh, during COVID and at the same time, take care of their own family's Mm -hmm. needs. And so that was very difficult. And a lot of people I think have started reprioritizing their lives, trying to find more balance in their lives. And the people, when we do exit interviews, you know, they're leaving not to go teach in another district, but they're leaving, they're getting out of the education field. They're going home. uh, They're going to try to open a business or they're going to do something different, change career paths. And, you know, I understand and respect that Uh, everybody has to make, uh, those kinds of decisions. I think the scarier part for me is looking forward. Um, college education programs are not producing graduates. Less, fewer people are going into college, uh, going to college to pursue a, a degree um, in teaching. And so while the retention rates in school districts is declining, it's more alarming that the number of recruits or potential recruits is dwindling at a very fast clip. And so I don't foresee um, most districts in the country being able to fill the vacancies that they have unless they start thinking about the work differently. And of course, change is very difficult for everybody. So we have to recruit from private industry. We have to grow our own teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have to you know think about job sharing and job uh, partnering so that people don't have to work a full 40-hour week. Maybe two people share the same job. Uh, and one of them gets benefits and perhaps the other doesn't. So we have we have to start thinking about the work differently because people's value systems are changing. I absolutely agree and, and see that in, in all industries, certainly not just within education. So it's not an anomaly and, and no one can really point a finger there because we're experiencing it certainly as a, a chamber, nonprofits um, like like myself are, are seeing it across the board, certainly healthcare. Um, and we're seeing a lot of that. I think, um, you know, obviously trying to mitigate any potential issues and, and retain the teachers who, who have been so dedicated and have stayed. Um, and then, like you said, try to work forward and find out how we can, can make changes that would recruit out of industry or, or, you know, in a, in a different way. And I, I certainly think, especially with folks working later, right, longer in life, um, I think that's going to be an opportunity as well. Um, And so was that a problem this year with starting school and not having enough teachers? Yeah, in fact, we still have vacancies today. Do you? Um, And not just in the teaching field, but bus drivers and every other career field in the district. You know, we're essentially like our own little independent city. We have, you know, police department and we have... Uh, janitors and right. uh, plumbers and electricians and teachers and all that sort of thing. So we're in every career field, we're, we're short staffed just like everybody else is, but we're trying to be innovative and uh, rebrand our talent division and, and their work, uh, trying to be more adept at how to go about recruiting uh, new talent to the district. 
Well, and I guess that goes back to having 11,000 full and part-time employees and 7,000 teachers. It looks a little different than, you know, having 10 employees at a chamber of commerce. So I certainly can understand that, you know, you're facing that in every single area um, and certainly can commiserate on that. And the life balancing, I think we all, we all are moving in that direction. Um, we talked a little bit about your school board and, of course, the fact that redistricting is occurring right now. Um, and I think a big way that our listeners can get involved in the school system is to know their school board representatives. Now, here's the the shocker, though. Come January 1st, the entire school board or most of the school board is going to be new and we'll be meeting some new people. Can you give us an update on the school board and the changes? Yes, we'll have four new board members, four of seven. That'll be newly elected and or appointed to office. Um, and that's the most significant shift on the school board and in, in, in decades here in yeah. Fulton County. Perhaps ever, I don't know, but it's, it certainly is a seismic shift. Um, we have three board members um, that have decided to, um, to retire. And um, well, actually four, I guess four, all four of them are retiring. And so three new board members have now been elected and they'll take office in, in January be sworn in in December. And then uh, Mrs. Gail Dean uh, decided to retire in the middle of her term. And so the way the process works is the board appoints a replacement until uh, that board member's term expires. And so that person has now been appointed. And so we'll welcome her on board starting in January as well. That's amazing. So more than half of of your board is going to be new. And that's always an interesting opportunity when you serve at the pleasure of a board of directors, which you and I both do. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to meet the new board members, some of whom obviously I've already had the opportunity to meet, but very excited to work together with them. And, and I know you are as well. Absolutely. I mean, to a person I've met all four ladies. And so to a person, um, they all, I believe are wanting to serve on the board for the right reasons to serve children and do good. And that's a very good beginning point. We Amen. also have three returning board members, Ms. Katha Stewart, uh, Miss Kim Dove and and Fran Warren and and they are going to be you know the the leadership team that that serves as mentors uh, to the to the new board members and that's going to be fun as well. That's right. You're going to have to have some orientation and all those things. It's not lost on me that all of the names that you uttered were females. Well, I have an all female board. I I men get up off of uh, you know your your feet and come on and and join us. <laughs> well, I, there's nothing wrong with an all female board. Oh, I don't um, think so. So, but but they're once again they're they've been professionate. They're they're smart. They're strong. Um, they're confident. They're competent, and so I couldn't ask for more. Nope. You just described almost every woman I know. So I appreciate that very much. I certainly think that's interesting though. I love the, uh, I love the fact that you've already gotten together with the four new ones and you're going to be working with them as well. So um, we talked a little bit about the future from the perspective of, you know, the pipeline of, in, of teachers and really all staff, but, but certainly teachers. Um, and we were dealing with, I can remember helping to market for school bus drivers before COVID ever started. So Absolutely. some of that is not a new problem. Unfortunately, it's just exacerbated by what we, we went through and the changes that are, are still, still coming. Um, so when you look to the future and the jobs, um, how is Fulton County Schools changing and adapting now to prepare our students for the future? I know you've got a few new initiatives um, as, as I look at, at what you're doing between, you know, K-8 schools and academies and some other things, I would love to hear some of your, you know, ideas for how we're going to move forward together. Well, I, I, I would tell you, I think it's just perhaps the most exciting time to be in education that I've ever 
been part of right now. Um, we are in the midst of not just change, but I, I believe transformational change. Uh, you know, we have done business the same way for a long time. And the reality of it is the tragedy is, you know, results have not changed much over the last 40 or 50 years. But I think that um, there is now some appetite and some hunger to really create some transformational um, changes in practices that are benefiting, that are going to benefit our students and our broader communities. One is we have uh, right before COVID started starting having a conversation around career technical education and what role it plays in the public education and job readiness and, and workforce development. And the truth of it is districts all across the country can do a much better job and, and be much more uh, intentional in how we incorporate career technical education classes uh, into the curriculum. So in Fulton, we made a determination that we're going to begin in the middle school. And so starting in sixth grade, students uh, begin formally career tech educational programming classes and uh, then can continue all with you high school. We're doing some exploratory work in the elementary school as well. So, you know, what we, we learn by doing, as you know, um, not just reading about it in a book, but by actually doing it. And so getting students to, to do um, is a way to bring relevance to their lives and to the curriculum and get them engaged and excited and, in my opinion, ready to continue learning. Because it's not about learning all the material you have to learn uh, to pass a test in a course exam. You really need to be a lifelong learner. You have to continue to learn and adapt and change because that's the world we live in. And so creating learners that can continue to learn and evolve is our our primary um, goal. So we're doing that. Uh, we are also um, focusing on rethinking uh, the approach that we've used in Fulton specifically about how students learn to read. And so um, all of our teachers, including principals, even the superintendent, uh, has have are, are in the process of going through a two-year training program, a retraining program to go back to the basics about how students learn to read. You know, when I uh, was, was a, a young man, I learned to uh, Dick and Jane books. I don't know if you remember those or not. Of course I do. But um, so, but we went away from that. That worked. And the reality is we moved to a whole language and invented spelling and all kinds of other things. And the research just says that that's not effective. And so what happened is teacher preparation programs taught teachers to teach that way rather than using phonemic awareness and phonics instruction and fluency and all those sort of things. So we're engaged in that kind of work. And then finally, uh, we are trying to make sure that every student uh, that enters high school has a four-year plan. Uh, what is it that you want to accomplish uh, when you walk away as a high school graduate here in Fulton? Are you college-bound? Are you workforce-bound? Do you have interest in the trades? Would you, you know, like to become a plumber or a welder or, or, or you know, automobile mechanic? Um, and so allowing students to um, have some experiences across those different um, fields and, and opportunities and then sort of specialize in them so that, you know, every student doesn't have to think of success as I'm going to go to a four-year college and become a doctor or lawyer. Um, you can make a lot of good money and take care of a family if you're a plumber or Absolutely. electrician. And, and those are very worthy and uh, noble professions. Amen. I think that, um, we've kind of done a disservice to our children over the years with saying, you know, you're going to go to, to, as you mentioned, a four-year college and not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, 
serving on the technical college system board, which I do, I see so many great opportunities out there for heating and air. And as you mentioned, plumbing, um, certainly welders, for goodness sake. I mean, they're walking out of a, a, a certification program for welding and, and making $100,000 or more as, gosh, children to me, right? Yep. So, you know, we... There are so many more opportunities, and I think educating the parents is where that starts and making sure that they understand, as you mentioned, that everyone has has a different plan and not everybody you know, has the exact same uh, weight path that they need to, to take. And I think that's, as a, as a culture, we have to have all those different roles too, so it's very important. Um, do you mind sharing just a little bit about the the K eight structure and how that's that's working? I'm intrigued by that. It's you talked about it hands on, and and my kids early on were were Montessori hands on, and and the philosophy that I loved was it wasn't what they learned; it was inspiring a love for learning or lifelong learning, which you just quoted as well. So this K through eight um, philosophy, I'm very intrigued by and interested in. So we've been talking about that as a school district. Right after, since right after I arrived, it's something that I've done in my previous districts, and I just really believe in. Honestly, um, there's a lot of research that supports different efforts um, that schools and districts have have pursued. But one of the things we know for sure is that the more transitions a student makes in their educational career, the harder it is for them to be successful. And we know that our business is a relationship business; we're in the people business. And so it doesn't make sense uh, from a research standpoint and, and as it turns out in, in real life to take um, some students that are all going through puberty at the same time and stick 1,500 of them in a building all at once and say, good luck. Um, and so what we know is that, you know, if you stay uh, in the same school from kindergarten through the eighth grade, then you form these long lasting relationships with your peers, but also the adults in the building. And so we can personalize your educational experience much, much more uh, than we could if you just went from elementary school to a, to a middle school or to a junior high school. And so our school board, um, you know, they've been reading the research. We've been having lots of discussions about it. And they have now approved uh, us establishing our first K-8 at Palmetto. And so we're in the process of trying to um, design it and work with the community to do that. And hopefully as um, people see and taste the success of, of that school, they'll want uh, those to come into their community. One thing I am very proud of our board about is they don't want to do anything that the community doesn't want to do. You know, you have to have local buy-in. And so as people get more comfortable with the notion of a K-8 and see all of the, the great possibilities uh, that could be created from a K-8 environment, I think more and more people will come on board. And actually there's a national movement. There's a lot of movement going to K-8 configured schools. And it really started with the private school industry, Yeah, uh, private schools and charter schools and, uh, you know, now public schools are, are learn, have learned from that and, and are wanting to incorporate that strategy here as well. I think it's awesome when you have such a, a large institution as you as you work in and lead. Um, sometimes change is more difficult to to introduce or to 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 move forward. And so, I think it's wonderful that you all are ready to do that. And, and wish certainly Palmetto very well with this initial um, go around of the K-8 program. I've heard very good things about it. Um, and certainly the what little I have read on it has all been very, very positive. So I wish you the best of luck with that. Um, you know, Mike, I've, I've sort of, as we've been going through the interview and talking, the things that, that really stand out about you, and, and we've talked about being a servant leader, um, your, your tenant towards uh, collaboration and certainly communication. Um, 
the fact that you're going through not just now, but have been certainly during COVID, the transformational change of your entire organization. Um, and that at the end of the day, what you put into focus is that you are in the people business. This isn't about things or schools. This is about the individual. And I just, I want to make sure that, you know, our listeners understand that, you know, when, when you're talking about the person running a school system, the size of Fulton County, um, the fact that he puts people first and honestly, kids first, first, I'm, I'm incredibly um, excited about the direction that the entire school system is going. You're very kind. I will say that um, as a result of the leadership of our board, and certainly not just me, but the staff, we decided up front when COVID came to visit us and, and the federal government said, you know, we're going to help, we're going to help you financially. We're going to help you get through this, this tough spot. We didn't want to walk away from this experience doing business as usual. We wanted it to be something transformational. So we're taking the resources that, that we have and rethinking how we do our work uh, so that we can hopefully serve our students and, and their families in a better way and ultimately uh, make our teachers and, and um, our, our um, extended family member, team members, um, proud of the work that we do here in Fulton County. I am impressed to say the least. Um, and I think our listeners are going to want to have some some questions answered, maybe find out a little bit more about the school system. I know that the calendar just got passed. I'm super excited about that. Um, and knowing what the schedule is for the next two years, because of course we work with you in some leadership programs for your for the students in North Fulton. So I'm delighted to have that information. So in order to find all of this information out, what is the best way to connect with you in Fulton County Schools? Well, certainly our website, uh, www.fultonschools.org, has a wealth of information. I, I am just struck by how much information is available on our website. But your listeners, uh, you know, I give my contact information out to everybody. So my my email address is Looney M, common spelling L O O N E Y M at FultonSchools.org. Um, that's a great way to communicate with me directly. Yep. Um, I also am available on social media channels, and um, as I always do, I'll give my cell phone number out. So it's four zero four seven one three. 7242. That's great. And so when I forget it or can't find it, I'll just go back and listen to our podcast Absolutely. and remember it. Absolutely. Well, you have always been incredibly accessible to the chamber, the business community, and to me personally, and I appreciate that very much. We are so excited that um, you decided that North Fulton was going to be your new home. I know you were in Franklin and Williamson County. It's a great area, um, certainly not as great as North Fulton. So we're thrilled to have you here. Um, and I just want to say on behalf of, of uh, the, the Greater North Fulton Chamber, thank you. Thank you. You're very kind. It's good to be here. My pleasure. All right. Well, I want to thank, of course, Fulton County School Superintendent Mike Looney for joining me today. I also want to thank our listeners for joining us on the GNFCC 400 Insider presented by the Greater North Fulton Chamber. To listen to this show again or to hear any of our previous episodes, please visit gnfcc400insider.com. And to find out more about the Greater North Fulton Chamber events and programs, you can always visit gnfcc.com. Until next time, I'm Callie Boatwright, and this has been the GNFCC 400 Insider on Business Radio X. Mm-hmm.